So hello, everyone, and welcome to Knights of the Pageless Library. We're a little podcast dedicated to reviewing audiobooks. I am Bo Knight, joined as always by Ryan Knight. But today we have our first guest ever, Oliver Wyman. How are you doing, Oliver? I'm amazing. How are you guys? I'm doing great. Doing great. Yeah, so uh, Oliver, right right before we hit record, uh, you had asked us, you know, how long we've been doing this. Um, we've been doing this about two years now, but um, we try to release about an episode a week. You know, we're just uh, we're just slow going, and we love audiobooks, so that's that's why it's a huge honor to have you on here. Oh, yeah, dude. it's kind Whoa. of blowing my mind. <laughs> it's it's an honor to be your first guest and it's an honor to be an honor for you guys i you know i as an audiobook narrator uh, and this is a spiel that i've uh, anybody who's heard me talk about audiobooks before has probably heard me say this but actors are psychic vampires and audiobook narrators don't get to feed which is really hard my brother is a he's a broadway actor he's done literally dozens of Broadway shows and movies and he's he was president of the the accuracy actors equity union he's a big literally a big deal and uh uh so I'm so jealous because he gets people are like hey you're great and I'm like I sit in a box and I read to myself and I get a check a couple weeks later but <laughs> uh it's 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 a frustrating you know it's it's a kind of hell because as a performer you need like I said, we're we're psychic vampires. We feed on adulation and applause, and and I don't get that. So I'm I am very grateful for for you guys for for doing this and for uh, for 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 appreciating my work because I you know I, I I I will admit I do look at the Audible user reviews probably a little more often than i should admit mm. but uh it's it's my only it's the only feedback i get the only the only form of applause but it, as you guys are clearly audiobook fans let me ask you of of the stuff that i do what is it that that you particularly enjoy uh, for me it's the monster hunter series for sure uh, like okay. all of them are good <laughs> that you, you are <laughs> part of yeah that's if uh if you go back in our library uh the monster hunter international was one of the first couple of books that we yeah. reviewed specifically oh, really? because it's one of our favorite series mm -hmm. oh i'm so glad to hear that i i had a lot of fun with that and i uh when I, that was one of the first books that i recorded by myself i did that it was all self-directed the only thing i did was write to larry korea before i started and say hey uh uh but just want to let you know this is this is a, right up my alley so i i hope you're you know i hope you're happy with uh what i do with your baby uh but uh and i i actually um you know there i have a lot there are a lot of favorite characters that i have and i will say harbinger is probably one of my all-time favorite characters to do that's awesome that's yeah. that's so awesome yeah because that's what a great you know what a great uh personification you put forward to him just yeah. in voice it's so good thank you thank you that's and he that was a voice that i a lot of voices a lot of characters kind of take on a life of their own and and harbinger absolutely earl uh when i started when i when i wrote to larry the first time i did uh for, for when i first recorded the, the first book english is my first language <laughs> i i wrote to larry and i said so if you were casting a a movie of monster hunter who would you you know who would you cast as the main characters and he thought he said um 
Oh, jeez. Um, I'm going James James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray is not an actor. Um, <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones. I was in the wrong three name. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, he said <laughs> sure. Tommy Lee Jones, and I was like, oh, okay. So I had this initially. If you listen to the first book, he's a little different. But as I as as I as I kept doing the books, I realized because he's a smoker, you know, he's got he's got to have that gravel in his voice. Sure. Uh, and that's and that's so much. It's it's actually fun and easy to do because by by the fourth or fifth hour of recording, and I don't even I don't usually like to record that long. That's how my voice sounds anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but uh, I I love there. There's a few characters. I don't know if you've listened to the um, uh, Surge uh, Surge Storms books, which are some of my favorite things to do in the world. Uh, that's another character that totally I I just let him go. And, and he found a life of his own. Uh, so that's when, when you get a character like that, that's a blessing. That's wonderful. Cause I just, I, I hear the voice in my head. So, so clearly all I have to do is let it out. That's great. That's great to hear because alpha is one of my monster hunter. Alpha is one of my favorite in the series. <laughs> so that's great to hear. I actually, I have, I have to let you know, I did ask Larry's permission if I could put, um, Christopher Walken in there before, <laughs> because there's a there's a scene where Nikolai meets somebody, and and they they describe and they said he was really weird. He had a strange accent. He sounded like he was from Queens or something. And I was like, okay, Queens, you want Queens? I got Queens. That's that's where Walken <laughs> is from. So I was like, yeah, I'm throwing it in there. And and Larry was cool with it. So um, yeah, that's so cool. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, thank you. It's interesting to me that I guess like the voice development comes from you, not the author. It's, I mean, the, the, there are people. I've I've never had anybody say that the voice. This is what the voice needs to sound like. Uh, I have a few times, and always with wonderful results. I've written to the author and said, if you were going to cast this as a film, who you know, who would you cast as as these characters? And there's a, uh, I don't know if you guys know, um, a, uh, Crucible of Souls, I think, which is the first in the Sorcer Sorcery Ascendant sequence. Um, it's a, it's high fantasy. So of course, everybody's got to be British. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and, and, and I, I said to the author who, you know, there was one character I was like, I, I, I didn't have an idea for him. I said, if you were going to cast him, who would you cast? He said, I couldn't think of a British actor, but. Robert De Niro would be really, and so I was like, "All right, British Robert De Niro. <laughs> How does what is British Robert? De, and British Robert De Niro basically sounds like this, you know. He's uh, he's sort of a yeah. What, what's that guy? Uh, a fella from uh, Roger Rabbit, you know that guy. <laughs> uh, it kind of sounds like that, you know. That, that, that's what uh, Robert De Niro would sound like in the, if he was British. But um, and and so and this and this character was like one of my favorite characters. He just I that voice totally created this guy. Totally made the character for me. Um, I was uh, yeah, it's great. That's a that's a good series. If you guys like fantasy, and that's fantasy is my thing. Fantasy and science fiction and superheroes, all that stuff. I'm sure, a, yeah, I'm and like, that's. The that's great. Yeah. That's, <laughs> no, that's, I mean, and that was when you had uh, replied to our email and you said that one of your stipulations was that you needed to run D&D uh, &D games. I, we were like, oh my gosh, you know, this <laughs> yeah. is going to be great. 
D&D, uh, role-playing games in general is, are a great love of mine. I'm a, I'm a big gamer, uh, I, interactive gamer, you know, Warcraft, Hearthstone, even Fortnite. Um, I, I play it all. Um, and I used, to, I used to write reviews for a magazine called Cream Magazine back in the late 80s, early 90s, right around the time that Doom came out. Um, and I was a big Doom and Quake player for many years. Uh, these days I play a lot of VR. Uh, I play Fortnite with my 11-year-old son. And D&D and role-playing games in general have been something I have always loved. There's a, a store in New York City called Forbidden Planet. Uh, it's a big science fiction mega store. And I ran the toy department and you know, bought all the... I was the RPG buyer and big into like Marvel superheroes role-playing game and GURPS and uh, D&D was something like I I played D&D when I was tw uh, like first edition when I was 12. Oh wow. And uh, and then my buddies in high when I got into high school my buddies started playing Palladium I think or no we were playing GURPS and then we switched over to Palladium and uh, and uh and that was that there was a game that ran for 17 years oh wow wow <laughs> and by the and and i think there are still some character there's a campaign that still has some of those characters running in it and it's so uh, they actually invited me to a session a few weeks back and i was bored out of my mind because the session it's a five-hour session they got through two rounds of combat oh, oh wow, wow in five hours and i'm just like that's not that's not role-playing guys that's not you've 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 transcended it's no longer it's like and they, and that bat they finished they had a battle that lasted i think the last six months what oh yeah wow. yeah and i'm just like i i don't want any part of this i'm sorry <laughs> i want to role play i don't want to sit here and like add modifiers <laughs> <laughs> and because and, 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 it's like they've got seven people in the group and at the levels they're at, they've all got crazy multi-attacks and counter spells and counter spells on counter spells, <laughs> like Critical Role. Just right. like the end of Critical <laughs> Role. It was like, it was, it was insane. Um, but uh, yeah, so gaming, that is, I, I like it for me. My, my mind is always working. I feel like mm -hmm. like Sherlock Holmes had to take drugs when he didn't have a case to work on. I have to do. I have to like have a, a play Sudoku. I have to do something. I have to. <laughs> I have to like do math problems in my head. If I'm walking down the street, I'm like I I need something. Otherwise, I I uh, I go places I don't want to go. But uh, yeah, so gaming, that is my love. And I'm so I'm so I'm starting. I'm. I have the first session of Icewind Dale, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden, with a new group today. I've never run this campaign before, uh, and it's an open, it's a sandbox mess. So I'm I'm a little I'm a little nervous about that. I, uh, but imp improvisation is something I'm I'm good at, so uh, I should be okay. And again, I I mentioned before. Sam Regal of Critical Role is an old friend, and uh, we've worked on many different audio programs and shows together. He was, the, excuse me, he was the director of my long-form improv group at the Upright Citizens Brigade, and I have always been jealous of Sam, but never more so than now. Uh, and and of course, you know, Critical like, being a gamer, and it's like, oh, okay. 
it's a it's a D and D game run by McCree from Overwatch, mm-hmm. <laughs> which not only is a, a favorite game of mine, but I happen to be a big fan of the initials O W. Um, it was really nice of Blizzard <laughs> to make a logo out of my initials, uh, and then uh, and then possibly my favorite my uh, favorite voice from any game period is and I don't know if you know the character Reno Jackson. Oh yeah, who's played by Travis Willingham? Who mm-hmm. again, like I couldn't be like he's married to the most wonderful, amazing, incredible woman in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Laura Bailey. I mean, these are these are like they're my heroes. They're my heroes. And Sam gets to like you know, Sam's best friend is Liam O'Brien. It's like dude, I wanna, I'm sitting here in a <laughs> box in the mountains of New York. I want to hang out with these people, uh, but I'm psyched to hang out with you guys. So here you go. Raise well, we, we are incredibly psyched to have you yeah, hang out with I'm, us. Oh my gosh. <laughs> dude, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a geek in a box. I, I need people to, to hang out with. So. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah. It was, it was a shock when you, uh, when I saw your name come across the email, I thought there's no way this is real. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. Cause I, I love there. There's such a, you know, I am, I am, I'm, I'm like a Z-list celebrity at best. And every now and then I'll meet somebody like, oh, wow, you're, I, you know, you recorded that book. That's why I'm like, really? Thank you so much. It <laughs> means so much. I, I read, um, so, uh, during the pandemic, I started reading to my son's grade. They, they, every once a week I, I come on uh, Google Meets at the end of the day and I read them a chapter out of, uh, right now we're doing uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe although we're about to finish, but, um, and that's, that saves me. That's my favorite because I get like a hundred kids cheering for me. I'm like, right. oh, okay, this is, God, this is what I need. This is how I feed. You know, that's so I, cool. I'm a starving psychic vampire. <laughs> uh, so just to, out of curiosity. Um, so you're saying like, you're kind of, you obviously your, uh, list of audiobooks that you've done is very vast. Um, uh, the series, obviously, Monster Hunter being the one that we most know you for, but uh, it also looks like you've done tons of video games and tons of anime and things like that. So yeah. out of all those things, what what would be your favorite that you do? Huh. Hmm. This, the uh, Tim Dorsey books are definitely up there. Um... That's that's probably my number one. That is the most cathartic and most viscerally enjoyable. I mean, I I can't I can't tell you how much I, I get to do one of those a year, and oh, wow. heaven help me when if anything ever happens to that man, I'm gonna have to start writing those books my own on, <laughs> on my own because I got I got it's these two characters, Serge and Coleman. Um, Serge, they're both completely out of their mind, but Serge is like a savant he's a genius he knows everything you could possibly ever want to know and more about florida he is he is the florida man because he can he can he, he he'll be driving down the road and be like see that bar over there that was that's where the the song uh, give me three steps was written uh, the, the, and he can tell you like the he can tell you the history of every 
every last landmark on the peninsula. The whole state is just his, and he loves it. He lives for Florida. He drinks, he chugs coffee from a thermos all day long, and it's completely out of his mind. So he talks like this, one, and I, I drink all this coffee when I do it. So I, I have to, it's basically, a lot of people say he sounds like uh, Joe Pesci, but I'm like, no, he's Daffy Duck. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's out of his mind. He drives around the state in a muscle car, different car every book. Uh, and his partner is Coleman, who is on every, has done and will do and is excited to do every drug you can ever imagine. And he's always got a bong that he's made out of something <laughs> or, or, and, and he's, um, uh, see, now I always, again, I, I, I don't do impressions necessarily, but I, I take inspiration from a lot of actors. You ever see My Name is Earl? Oh yeah. Yes. You remember his brother? Oh, Randy? Yeah. Randy is, I don't like stupid characters. Never liked them. Never liked Joey. Never liked Phoebe on Friends. Joey, uh, or Randy, he's the best stupid character ever. That guy makes, it, for me, I, I never enjoyed the stupid character, but he just made, nailed it so well. So I totally ripped him off for Coleman, who's just like this the whole time. Hey, man. So, uh, yeah, dude. And they, and, and the juxtaposition of this, you know, this completely manic caffeinated freak who talks like this the whole time. And then his partner is just like, Hey man, I just made a bong out of this chick's head. And, uh, it's, it's, it's in, it's Florida. So uh, the guy who writes it is, a uh, uh, was a beat writer for the Tampa Bay Sentinel or something. Tampa Bay Tribune. And so he's he's the guy who wrote about all the, you know, like the naked man in the intersection with the alligator, the, all the shit that goes down in Florida. Pardon my French. Uh, you know, the, all the Florida man stuff. That's all in this book. And it's oh, it's great. There's been like 18 of them. Uh, and I I that's that is the most fun I get to have. What I want to do, I I. I work uh, with a producer who occasionally throws me auditions for uh, Magic the Gathering video games. Oh, wow. Okay, and I'm like, I haven't booked one yet, which bums me out. But I, I, I don't want that anywhere near as much as I want some sort of D and D gig. I'm like, I, I want it. I keep telling this guy, please let them know that I'm a voice actor and I. I live for D and D, and I would, you know, I, I, I would record the player's handbook happily. I would, oh. you know, I would do any of that. I want. Uh, I don't know if you know uh, Keith Amon's books. The monsters know what they're doing. I dude, think I've I've seen them in there. Yeah, dude, dude. The as a DM, you got you need to own these books. The, oh, really? At least the monsters know what they're doing because he basically breaks down tactics for every monster in the monster manual oh. and and volo's guide and morton Kynan's. he's yeah and 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 makes like it, it makes kobolds and goblins and the and the lobies much more interesting and yeah huge it's also incredibly well written it's really entertaining and i, I really want to get in touch with uh i think it's simon schuster and see about uh doing the next one for an audiobook because that is that is great stuff. He's he's wonderful. His blog is totally worth reading. Highly nice. recommended. Definitely have to check that stuff out for sure. Yeah, I've seen them on Audible actually. I think they're in my wish list, so <laughs> I, yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. But they're they're. I mean, that's it's. I don't mean to knock the audiobook, but that's the kind of book you want to have. I want to. I have it in print, 
And I'm right. going to get it in Kindle just so I can pop it up on my uh, on my screens when I'm running a game. Yeah, for sure. We've been finding that as we play more, we just, you know, we just play virtually uh, with a, a cousin and a friend of ours. But I find it, you know, you can get most of the books online in yeah. PDF form or whatever. But I yeah. I have the Monster Manual, Player's Handbook, Volo's Guide, Morning Canons. I have all the basic books and I'd much rather have them in physical copy right here in front of me. It, it just is a lot easier. I totally get that. I am. I know a lot of people talk about dice addiction. I have a book addiction. I have a severe. <laughs> I I think I, I I have all all in hardcover. I have all but Princes of the Apocalypse and Acquisitions Incorporated. Oh wow! And and then I have, I think pretty much everything on D and D Beyond, and on Roll Twenty. And wait, <laughs> I almost bought the entire collection on fantasy realm is it fantasy realms uh fantasy grounds fantasy grounds but right. i don't have time to learn fantasy grounds i'm sorry i it's just funny you say that because we we were thinking of transitioning to that too and i i got in there on steam and i tried playing with it and like i said we need something simple and that is okay it's it I, is a monster to learn right yeah no i mean i i was like i got on the discord and i was i was like starting to watch fantasy grounds college videos and then i thought you know what i i got too much stuff to do i got right <laughs> you know i'm running two games i got books to record I don't have time for this. And it's a bummer because the, the thing that the thing that made my when I when I downloaded the demo and I was like, oh wait, you can you can type things in different languages and only the people who yes. know that language. And I'm like, all right, that is that is kind of worth price admission right there. But there's a right. macro for that in Roll20. So <laughs> so yeah. No, but I that's the kind of stuff I love. I love that's the like the the being able, especially running Icewind Dale, because there's, there's, I'm, I've got all my players have secrets, and so being able to, to DM, to direct message people, in the middle of the game, and have secrets that way instead of passion notes or walking over to whisper to somebody. Oh, sure, that is great. Also, the I don't know if you've seen like the dynamic lighting on Roll Twenty, it is, it's so cool. It is just, oh, it's so beautiful. I'm running a Sunless Citadel on Sundays, which is a big dungeon crawl. That, so and that's, all I want to do is play Nindy. Yeah, well, and that's I, that's kind I of the stuff that. that drew me to uh, to the fantasy grounds because the it has all those dynamic lighting and it has all that. It, it's a obviously it's a DM's dream because it'll automatically calculate line of sight and all that yeah. stuff for you. But the uh, yeah the it's not an entry level platform by any not means. Not at all. Yeah, <laughs> and I I couldn't like I I thought oh if I could learn all of this and then it would be easy. But the the players still have a lot to learn too. So. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Once you learn it all, then your whole group has to learn it, which is, yeah, they're looking at another step on that level of entry. So, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, you're talking about favorite things. I mean, I, I've, I've done a few games, mostly as characters uh, that I played in, in anime or in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I've, there's Future Joy that showed up in a couple of games. Um, but I did get to do, I don't know if you know the movie, the warriors. Yes. You see that movie seventies yeah. yes. yeah, mm -hmm. gang movies. Like I got to be the villain in the video game. I was the guy who 
with the at the end with the bottles. Warriors come out to play, yay! And you really, get to, you get to kill me in that video game. So. Oh wow! <laughs> and I'm in. I think I play a a homeless superhero in uh, uh, San Andreas, one of the Grand Theft Auto games. Really. Yeah, that is so, so cool. <laughs> you can you can find me and kill me in video games. That is so cool. Yeah, but uh, uh, so yeah. since we're on the the topic of video games, we had a, a kind of a short list of questions we wanted to uh, get to, and one of these was going to be an extra. But since we're on the uh, on the topic already, um, have you or do you ever play Dark Souls, dude? <laughs> okay, that's that's the answer I was looking for. <laughs> Okay, no, the 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 okay, I I have I think I have all of them. I have eight hundred games on my Steam list that I haven't sure. played. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure I've I I I'm, I must have start I must have started it at some point. I must have, but it's one of those things that I was just like I kept seeing you know all the stuff I've read. I'm like yeah, don't 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 even <laughs> don't do that. Don't go there. What did I just? Somebody gave me a game that came out last year that wasn't the same st style of game, but it was the, it uh, it was the same uh, like completely un undefeatable game. What the seven something some something? Uh, I can't remember. I have uh, because I have a lot of contacts in the industry from having been a game writer and a buddy of mine uh, when Doom came out. I literally, I was a huge Castle Wolfenstein fan. So I called up Jay Wilbur, who was the CEO of id back in 1994, I want to say. I guess that's, that's when the first one, Doom, came out. And I called him up and I said, dude, I need, I need this game immediately. And he FedExed me the discs, um, floppies. And, uh, <laughs> and, and I, I remember installing that and making copies for a friend of mine and going, dude, this is this is going to change our lives. And that, sure enough, he made a website uh, uh, that was a, a basically a blog, uh, a, a you know gaming a PC gaming news blog. It was called Th Blues 3D House of 3D's Games. It's now bluesnews.com, um, and it's he's that's what he does for a living. He updates his site and oh wow. It's like, you know, if you know Sugar Shack or any of those, uh, it's like one of those places. He, um, so yeah, so I, uh, when, when that came out, we were, I, I, back in the day, I, I had a rep back when Quake, when Quake World became a thing, because uh, we started playing Doom, we were on a, a, a dial up network called Dwango. And it allowed people to dial into this IPX simulator that would allow you to do four-player games of Doom. And we, I, I was, I was a badass. But, but when Quake came out, uh, my friend Blue, he got his name from uh, uh, Wing Commander. The original name of the Wing Commander character was Blue Hair, so that's where he took his name from. Blue, Blue, and I'm, I've always been Mr. Coffee. Okay. Uh, and and so Blue and Mr. Coffee, we would show up in places, and people would be like, "Holy shit, it's Blue and Mr. Coffee!" Uh, and we got a rep because we went to a we went to a convention, we went to a, an early QuakeCon with like thirty people, you know, driving up with their big four eighty six machines, um, and uh, big desktops, and 
and you know set up a, a big land and we'd uh we'd play we'd drink mountain dew and play doom and quake and diablo for 48 hours straight uh and and these guys some guy wrote a wrote a thing about and i had just happened to be on fire that weekend just happened to be dev and and now it's like i can't play like i play overwatch it's like i gotta play i gotta play reinhardt because i can't i'm not as fast as those <laughs> i don't have the twitch factor i cannot play genji you know I, there's no way uh, but uh but i do love my diva and uh and and you know gaming is that is that is something i will always always love i completely forgot what the original question was by the way uh, oh no that's that's no big deal fine. no because it's just i mean both bo and i have played video games since we could hold controllers so that's right? it's awesome to hear yeah so. of, course. of course no i i i was um i was eight years old when my dad i was up in new jersey going to the jersey shore with my dad and my stepmother and i just remember that going we're taking you out to pizza and they have pong and i was like what <laughs> what is what is pong They're like pong and they were like they made it like this mystical thing oh pong and i was like what what is pong and i went there and i was this was this all i wanted i was like okay this is all i want to do all i want to do is make pixels move on the screen that's my life <laughs> um but yeah so, and did you say you had uh, written for games or something? Is, have you done uh, any of that kind of stuff? No, I, I wrote uh, I wrote game reviews. Oh, okay, uh, that's right. The reviews. I reviewed, that's right. Uh, I, 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 I reviewed rock and roll racing for uh, Cream Magazine and Doom. And oh, cool. A handful of others. Uh, yeah. Is that something you could ever see yourself? wanting to do is even if you were doing behind the scenes things like writing story or or anything absolutely like that. the thing is i always and this is why I'm, I'm well suited to being a dm i i love writing fiction i'm not whenever i write fiction i it, it always whenever i write non-fiction it ends up being a story right <laughs> <laughs> i end up like I, I i remember in college i had this teacher come in and she goes this is a really 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 confrontational thing to do this teacher comes in we've never seen her before she had some kind of palsy or something she had you know uh braces and she was you know clearly uh she, she had she had physical issues she came in and she said hello class i'm 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 your teacher professor green uh and i'm I, i'd like to see what your what your writing style is like and what your what your level of ability is so we're going to do a, a class session right now and i just want you to for the next 45 minutes write a, a two-page essay describing me and i was like oh, oh come on come on seriously all right this is all right you want this fine here we go i wrote a i wrote a uh, a report from the scout of an alien being an alien species that had sent a scout down to earth to to examine the the a specimen and and see if they would be if they would give them any uh, trouble for you know an invasion if it would be difficult to invade and and he basically writes is like the specimen i have seen requires 
re requires assistance for perambulation. She needs, you know, her skeletal structure is, <laughs> is she, she has a, a, a base, a baseline exoskeleton, which she requires for movement. <laughs> I see no problem, you know, and basically I wrote it and, and made it clinical. So it wasn't like, you know, he'd never seen a human before. So he didn't know that this was not the way that most of them are. And I thought I, I was like, come on, that was, you know, she put something, oh, the rest of the class, she read them the next day the, you know, in, in class and, and all the other people described like the color of her hair, her eyes, her glasses, didn't mention the braces, didn't mention the crutches, <laughs> didn't mention that she was, you know, practically emaciated from whatever illness she had. And, and, and except for one, one person was like, she like described her to a T, everyone else completely went around it. And I was like, come on, I should have gotten props. Oh, cause she, yeah, she, she, she read my thing and she was like, uh, very nice, but in the end, not very descriptive. I'm like, uh, come on, this is a writing course. I wrote sure. the hell out of this. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I love, I, I do love to write. I used to write, I did a show in the East village a serial, an improvised serial play, if you can imagine, it was called Manifestations. And uh, my promise to the audience was that every episode would, would have at least one scene with sex, one scene with a monster, <laughs> and usually all in the same scene. Um, <laughs> no, it's sex, death, and monsters. There would always be sex, death, and monsters in every episode. Uh, and we had, we had like, we had a couple of monster masks and a couple of monster costumes and we would sort of interchange you know be like all right this week put that head on this body we'll we'll, we'll figure it out uh <laughs> but that was that was some of the most fun i've i've ever had yeah i miss those days <laughs> so cool days. <laughs> so what else you got so geek stuff at me what just you uh just out of curiosity, it's it's interesting because uh, when we when we talked to people about starting a podcast, reviewing audiobooks, they basically were like, "Well, what's the difference between that, you know, and and just reviewing books?" Well, we're we're not big readers. Uh, I travel a lot for work, right? <laughs> uh, I travel a lot for work, so it's it's a lot easier for us to listen to the stuff. Um, and that's very interesting what you said, kind of at the beginning of our conversation that. Uh, that's not really something that comes across that, you know, you are usually sitting in a room just by yourself reading aloud to yourself. Um, so how long can you find yourself doing something like that a day, basically, for that, for those? Oh, that depends. I mean, if it's, oh, I've, oh gosh, I've got a, I mean, I, if it's if it's something with a lot of character voices, like I've, I'm doing a, I do a series for Penguin, Penguin Random House, curiously enough, called Curse of the Were Penguins, and uh, <laughs> and the penguins on the characters, they they're all these bizarro Slavic characters, and they all have voices like this and that. <laughs> so I can't I can't do more than three hours of that. I can't, you know, my voice is shot. Uh, but if it's, uh, something that's just, that's just me speaking very quietly in the, in a, you know, not it, it, there, the, I do, I, vo every book evokes a different voice 
and uh, and I think you know when you say you, you can't, or, or what's the difference between reviewing odd books and audiobooks? It's like the difference between reviewing music and sheet music. Oh sure, you know? yeah, that's a it's great like, way to put it. That's the perfect way to There's, put it. Actually, the, because and this is the thing. Honestly, it's one of the things that that makes me. I you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain too much, but uh, uh, I, I'm. I'm outraged by the fact that we don't get residuals as as audiobook narrators. Like oh. if somebody like there very often I mean and now that I've been doing this for so long there are authors who are who are new who are relative, who are you know not even published in print they just they just have an you know an ebook and they they got a, they got Audible or somebody to contract me to do the audiobook and they end up getting sales they get money from the sales that people are like, oh, Ollie Wyman, yeah. I'll, I'll. There are people that buy books because I narrate them, and 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 I don't get that money, which makes me go, what the? Oh, really? Yeah. You oh, know? wow. Yeah, and then it just it 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 makes me like you know the 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 Monster Hunter books. I I couldn't say exactly, but there's the. The amount of money that has been made on those books is is six zeros, probably. <laughs> probably, sure. I'm right. thinking, and I didn't get, I didn't get that many zeros by a long shot. <laughs> you know, really? I get, I get paid once. I get, I get as an audiobook narrator, and this is here's the thing. Um, I have an agent, and she does like nobody i if for an audiobook they call me and i don't give my agent the money because she doesn't get me audiobooks uh so i have to be i'm my own engineer my own director my own agent and uh and so i'm and i'm always looking for work i'm always like you know fortunately i i i have enough of a rep that and i do enough series that people call me fairly regularly but um yeah, I get paid by the finished hour. So if a book is ten hours long, I get ten times the union rate. Um, some publishers will allow me to negotiate a little higher rate for because I'm recording it and and directing it as well as being the narrator. Sure. But I actually make, believe it or not, I actually make less on every book than I did on the first book I did. 21 years ago which was lance armstrong's autobiography oh wow yeah and of course now that's out of print because it was all he was a lying sack of <laughs> filth you know uh and yeah and then and then he like he, oh yeah the the woman that that stayed with him through the cancer and 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 was like supported him and and was his like his his rock during all that he left her for cheryl crow so Lance, sorry. And then, oh, and then I did a book. Uh, I don't know if you, you probably don't remember this, but there was a book called A Million Little Pieces. And it was a big deal about this guy. He'd uh, gone through rehab. And he'd been horribly addicted to drugs and alcohol. And he'd had this horrible experience in rehab and just this amazing, gritty, brutal book, which I read the bejesus out of. And Oprah made a big deal. They were like, oh, this is great. This book is wonderful. This book is spectacular. I was going to write to Oprah and say, look, I, I did the audiobook. What about me? What about my needs? And then she gets, she brought the the guy on the, on the show. And she's like, I just found out this book is all a lie. 
this isn't true. You made it all up. You were never addicted to drugs and alcohol. And then totally like, so I'm like, oh, I am the voice of liars. That's who I am. I am the voice of liars. That's what I do. But uh, yeah, so so it's, and again, I I don't mean to complain because I'm very lucky to have this gig. But at the same time, I'm, people think, oh yeah, you're probably doing okay. No, I'm not. I'm struggling to, to live. And I'm every every month. I'm like, okay, gotta get, uh, gotta get another book. Uh, gotta wait. Oh, hopefully there'll be something. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's, I really, I uh, somebody wrote to me a couple of months ago and said, hey, I really, I really like your work. I really like to do this, do this. And I'm like, I don't want to do audiobooks anymore. Sorry, I don't. You know, I, I would. I would much rather, and it's, I know, because like people are like, wow, you're good at this. You, this is, you know, I, and that, the fact that people, you know, I'm, I, and Audible told me this 10 years ago, 12 years ago, they, I, I found out by accident that I am a seller narrator. People will buy things because I narrated them. Sure. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great. Thanks. Can, can I get some of that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I'll just, you know. Nobody's applauding for me, so I must suck. <laughs> um, but it's it's really, you know, actors, you know, I, I joke about the psychic, psychic vampires thing, but w- the reason why actors develop the skills they have is because they're A, emotionally raw, if they're good, and B, they're insecure. There are people who are like, okay, <laughs> you like me? Yes, okay, I will I will do ridiculous things. I will put on a suit and do say ridiculous things for the applause, yes. And, oh, absolutely. So, you know, uh, it's it it's a drag. And and again, it means that you guys appreciate what I do, and that you're paying attention and doing this show means so much. I actually um, <coughs> I did a stupid thing in the middle of the pandemic last year. I I left well most social media. I left Facebook and Twitter because um, I had recorded a book a few years ago called. 10 Arguments for Deleting Your Social Media Accounts Right Now by Jerome Lanier, who is uh, largely considered to be the father of virtual reality. He is, uh, uh, many would describe him as, as Silicon Valley guru. Um, he's, a, he's an amazing human being. He's a musician and a, and a computer technologist and... Uh, in and for uh, forgive me jerome for saying so this is a compliment he is a freak uh, <laughs> freaks are my people i love uh you know uh, i i am a i am a ordained minister with the church of the subgenius so you know freaks and mutants and, <laughs> and the uh you know, the descendants of yeti these are my people um so yeah you didn't realize that you had a madman on your hands did you <laughs> it makes it even better to be yeah, honest it's so awesome it more. but that yeah i mean i think that's what's so amazing about this is because yeah you you know we listen to the books and the books are amazing and the way that you portray the characters is what's amazing but that was kind of the long-term goal of this podcast was to figure out okay what does go on you know outside the booth you know who are these people so that's that's Let amazing me ask you guys this you guys you guys are like be star wars fans at all no not really no okay good okay that's good answer because i am i'm actually wearing a star trek shirt and star wars (laughs) star wars was dead to me until the mandalorian but um 
But uh, uh, a friend of mine who I have to give props to, um, one of the most talented people uh, who who does what I do is a guy named Mark Thompson, and he does the Star Wars audiobooks. And that guy, like, he's got an incredible range of voices, but he also, like, he has this, he can get down there. He does, like, he does Darth Vader and, and you know, all the, he does, like, these incredible basso profundo voices, which I'm like, uh, I'm the squeaky guy, you know, I'm, I'm usually this guy. Um, for, uh, Frank's? Man! The book, what was the well, the Frank's book? Nemesis. That's my favorite. on rice. Because <laughs> it was like, really? I have to do the whole books as, as Frank's? Come on. So, you know, I, get, I had to get real tight on the microphone. And he. Oh, man, like, he gave me chills. <laughs> he, the, the, and I remember it, it, it took me, when, when Frank shows up in, in the first book, it was a little while before I was like, oh, okay, I see who this is. <laughs> Sure. Oh yeah, you yeah, can I'm definitely a- you you definitely can hear that 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 voice changes yeah. uh, from the very beginning to the end even of that first book for sure. Yeah, yeah. Because then I was like, oh okay, I see who this is, and I uh, I will admit this, gentlemen. I'm I'm admitting this in public for the first time. <laughs> I don't read audiobooks. I don't read the books before I do them. Oh really? Wow. I, that was going to be a question of mine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I now I there are there are occasions when I'll make when I'll make an exception, but I stopped. I well, I don't want to get into that. But I <laughs> I stopped a while ago and and was like, oh, I don't. I I found I found tricks. I found things that I could do. So that I could, I wasn't uh, only one. And the, the one of the first times I did it, uh, what the hell was it called? Winter's Tale, a Winter's Tale, not Winter's Tale, a Winter. No, a Winter's Tale is the Shakespeare one. Winter's Tale is the one that I did by Mark Halpern. It was like a seven hundred fifty-page book, and they they I had two weeks to prepare. And I'm a slow reader. I do not. I could not read seven hundred fifty pages in two weeks. No way. Uh, <laughs> And, and they, it was like, they gave it to me right before Christmas and I was going to, I was going to Chicago with my family. So I was like, there's no way I'm going to get through this. So what I did was I scanned, and this was before, this was before everything was like PDFs. I think I was still given like, I had a five, I had a, you know, a, a, a 750 page manuscript that i had to carry around with me uh but so i ended up buying the book because it was lighter than the the manuscript i was reading through the book and what i did was i would just scan through the the dialogue i would look for quotation marks and i would look to see if it said he said in his irish accent or his gravelly voice or whatever so i was like okay i found out this guy was gravelly this guy was irish okay i and i wasn't able to read the whole thing we started recording. We get, and I'm working with a, a, a director who is also a narrator, very talented woman, Robin Miles. She, uh, we get to page 450 or so, and there's 20 pages of narrative, no dialogue. But in the middle of this 20 pages of narrative, someone recollects that the main character with the Irish accent had the deepest voice he'd ever heard. <laughs> Um, and of course, when I do an Irish accent, you know, people are like this. So I'm, I'm Irish. That's that's how I talk, you know. 
my my mother's name is is Bonnie Brady. That's that's how I talk, <laughs> so it's not a problem. But uh, I don't have a deep voice, and uh, and and I just I read that line and just looked up like, oh my god, please kill me now, because <laughs> there's no way I can go back and redo all of his lines, and and the 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 director Robin she said, you know what, as it happened. Right before that sequence, he had traveled through time through some mystical device, and we were like, "That changed his voice." <laughs> <laughs> so I just made it deep from then on, and nobody said "boo." It was all good. That's great. But it's never, it's, uh, it's never. I should knock on wood. Hasn't bit me on the ass yet, but uh, it's. I, I I find that I I can I can prepare just by with a digital document with a PDF, I can search for things, uh, and I'm doing oh gosh I do a series for Podium. I'm doing the fourth book in the series right now. It's it's like Star Trek, uh, but of course it's an international. It's the. United Planet Space Force. So there's a Nigerian guy at the helm, and then there's the Native American guy who's the CO. And though this guy is from Botswana, and what? Okay, I got some accents to look up. Um, and that's 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 tricky. But even with that, I'm like, all right, I'll just when I get to him, I'll find him. Um, um, but it's. I, I don't have the time. I'm, I'm not paid enough. I don't have the time. I'm a slow reader. I have a friend who doesn't do audiobooks anymore, but one of the phenomenal talents, Jeff Woodman, just man, oh, such an incredible actor. He uh, will sit down and he will do notation. He will write, he will underline not words that are emphasized, syllables that are emphasized. Oh, wow. So he, when he gets into the booth, he turns his brain off and reads the notation because it's music. And that's, you know, like, like I said, that the difference between re reviewing a book and an audio book is the difference between reviewing music and music, uh, transcribed, you know, uh, musical notation. It, we are music. We, Im we, even more so than a musician, Unless it's jazz, we really, you know, use our 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 instrument to to breathe life that isn't necessarily there. Right. Uh, the 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 character vo you know the character voices that I came up with for Serge and Coleman, I want to put them in other stuff. And I actually there's a uh, there's a program uh, you can you can do like three D cartoons with with VR. Um, uh, this program called Mind Show, and I was thinking, oh, I should put Surgeon Coleman in there and just call him something else, but I don't know because that's they're not my characters. <laughs> I I created the voice. Sure, it's a gray area. I don't I don't know where that. Um, but I really feel it's it's um, we are we are even more so than musicians. You know, we take this. We take this transcription, we take this the printed word, and turn it into a, a performance that uh, that is is more than just uh, performing notes, you know. Absolutely. Um, so, um, 
So yeah, everybody march in the streets with pitchers and, and torches and ask for more money for narrators. <laughs> yeah, demand more money for narrators. <laughs> that's so good. Storm the castle. <laughs> and I think, I mean, that's, it's very interesting to hear that stuff, obviously, because one thing we try to do uh, in each of our episodes, in each of our reviews is obviously the narrator is a big focus of what we talk about. And we go on to talk about the book as a whole, but um, that's something we definitely want to shed light on. So getting a lot more of this kind of insider information, just it adds more layers to that. That's that's pretty incredible to hear. And thank you. I, I appreciate that. And the, the thing is, it's it is a, it's a tough job because I, I actually I do coaching. I, I teach people um, narration, tech, voiceover, you know, character acting and uh, uh, narration technique. And um, the one of the things that I that I impress upon people is that it is a it is a very, very subtle art form, because just as uh, the difference between film and theater, like my brother does a lot of both. That's there's, you know, film is, is you can't be as big. You have to be much bigger in theater to, you know, it's totally different. It's, it's a totally different style of performing. And in that's in the same way, audiobooks I think are more intimate than, than film. You need to be, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a required subtlety to the, to the performance, uh, as an audiobook narrator, that is even more because you're you are l almost always you're the voice literally the voice in someone's head yeah most people are listening on headphones or in their car right and it's just you and them it's this is you're the whole world for them so you got to know and and also it's it's mu it is music there are people out there that hate me there are people out there <laughs> that hate scott brick there are people out there. There's there's a there's like an a Amazon group, like a like a Scott Break hate group. And I was kind of like, ooh, wow, that's. I hope I'm not not gonna look for one for me because there could be. But yeah, no, there are people out there that that there are people out there that say that I always I read this the same three notes all the time. And I'm like, all right, I guess if you hear that, I'm sorry. You have a very keen ear. I like to think I makes it up a little bit more, but I, I, I know that sometimes I do when I do, uh, when I do nonfiction, sometimes I hear myself drifting and in, drifting into Casey Kasem and I shoot myself, you know, I'll get this thing where I start to talk like this. And it's just the weirdest thing because I never really listened to that guy, but I've had him in my ears since I was a kid. And, <laughs> and it's, it's just, it's, it's a, it's a it's a pattern it's a it's a trap as a narrator you get into this this narrator voice you know where you just you just start you're reading you don't even know what you're saying you're just you're doing because it sounds good and you do this whole voice and bleh, nobody wants to do that <laughs> um but it's it's it is tricky it is it is a a, a subtle art form and and i've been doing it for more than 20 years i I, I like, I, forgive me, I don't, I, you know, I don't mean to sound immodest, but I think I'm one of the best there is at what I do. I'm like Wolverine. Uh, I, 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 you know, uh, Simon Vance may be more popular. Um, Barbara Rosenblatt may sell more books. Um, 
I I don't know of any narrator other than myself who does who is lauded for uh, dramatic fiction, children's books, humor, science fiction, fantasy. The only other person I could think of is Bronson Pinchot, uh, whom uh, I understand is as insane as I am, if not more so. And um, he's, I, and, you know, talk about talent. I've actually, you know, and I, I will say this, I, I don't listen to audiobooks. So uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't title to listen to fucking audiobooks. But uh, uh, them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but uh, but he's, he's amazing. And I read a thing about how he's like, yes, I work for an hour and a half a day. I'm like, I would like, can I, can I do that, please? An right. hour and a half? <laughs> that works for me. I'm always like, oh, shit, I got to get this book done. Uh, I'm gonna, all right, I'll be up until 9 o'clock tonight. <laughs> I'm like this, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, I would very much like to be like Bronson Pinchot and do an hour and a half a day. Spend the rest of time prepping D&D campaigns. <laughs> there it is. There's the life. <laughs> That's right. Right. But I'm just, I am, that you know, I this is, I, I, I thought, and, and maybe you guys help me out. Tell me if you think this is a good idea. I was thinking, and I'm sure you guys wouldn't need this, but there, there might be DMs out there who are more into uh, prepping and, and, and rolling and doing, and, and the, the performing aspect might be a little uncomfortable for them. I was thinking I could read the, the passages, you know, all of the setup stuff, in the adventures and make them available as a roll 20 download or, you know, whatever VTT you use. So I'm, I'm, I would like to pitch this to, um, if anybody at wizards of the coast is listening, Chris Perkins, please. I hope they're listening. Yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah definitely. They're listening. They are uh, listening. They listen um, to all things. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that sounds idea. amazing. Yeah, right? for sure. You should okay. also do like a suite of monster voices that you could put in. Right. That's what I was thinking. Cause like I, 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 ah, my cobalt voice. I love cobalt. Cobalt. That's, that's perfect. Cobalt's are my. F I love cobalt so Me much too. because they're <laughs> they're adorable. Like goblins are scum, and they should just be incinerated. <laughs> Kobolds, I love them, and I I told you I run I ran uh, I'm running uh, Sunless Citadel, and I don't know if you know that, but there's a there's like this this cobalt called Meepo, and Meepo. Uh, was taking care of their their dragonling, their wormling Calcrix, but it got taken by the goblins, and he's he's so miserable. Meepo, Meepo's so sad. Meepo's, and it's it's my it is my favorite thing. That's you know that's my joy. I'm like, oh really? I get to be a bugbear and a hobgoblin and a bunch of goblins and all. <laughs> oh, this is all I want to do. All I want to do. Um, but I, yeah, I, I, I just wish <coughs> I need better giant voices. <laughs> that's, that is a pretty incredible idea because like, uh, when I DM, that's definitely the, the part that is, I, I really enjoy the writing and I think I do pretty decent with coming up with stories and scenarios and things. But then when it comes to speaking to my, uh, the party and trying to, do those voices or some things you know that that is the uncomfortable part for me because i i mean i can maybe do them but 
even in front of my friends, I start to feel embarrassed. So yeah. if I had a if I had a soundboard where I could click and your voice would come across as this monster, that would be amazing. Really? Uh, okay, this is what we're gonna yeah. do. There's actually there's a there's a program on Steam. I just picked it up. I'm 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 so that's a terrible that like between like books and and software it's like oh wait something to enhance my D D experience oh i would <laughs> drop 70 bucks on this um but this rpg sounds i think it's what it's called it's on steam and they have a bunch of packs uh there's like sound effects like swords hitting leather swords hitting steel swords hitting stone uh arrows crossbows all the you know dragon roars and you can add your own stuff uh i particularly i love uh um in Critical Role, Matt Mercer always plays like the uh, the Blizzard music, like War, World of Warcraft or Hearthstone in music, which is just perfect. Uh, so I load that up on there. Um, yeah, it's a great it's a great program. So I've been thinking about contacting these guys and and putting together a uh, a package for them. That would be this 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 is going to be something, guys. That would be incredible, uh, and I'm thank you for even pointing me to that because I will download that as soon as we get off of this mm -hmm. call because I definitely could use that. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, and it's here. I think it's um, as far as I know the 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 app generates uh, you give people a, a web address and they can just log in to a website and it will play the play those songs over the website. Oh, cool! Yeah, that's yeah. great. Uh, the the Owlbearer Rodeo we use, as long as you're using it in Chrome, you can actually share the audio from your computer with the players in the oh, game. Really? So you might be able, I, I will have to try it, but yeah, you might be able to just share the sound effects directly through the game. Oh, oh I got to check this out. I cannot believe how many VTTs there are now. Yeah. With the pandemic, everybody not being able to meet up. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's uh oh man. So if you if you get a hold of these guys and and that becomes a thing, dip, for sure email us and let us know because oh, that's no, amazing. Oh no, you guys, yeah, no, for <laughs> sure, absolutely. No, we're we're gonna run a campaign at some point. Don't oh, don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> I okay. I, I they I have two fans that have become friends who who uh one of whom is a, like he's been a player for a while and he's totally psyched to play. Another uh is a big an avid listener and and would really like to play D D. and i'm like all right at some point i'm gonna i'm gonna put together a campaign with the two of them and you guys so oh, oh my gosh God. that's gonna happen not not anytime soon like, let me sure. you know, get sunless it'll at least uh out of the way but i this is I, like i said this is all i want to do is play D. &D. that's all i want to do is talk about gricks and and mind flayers and roll dice and yes See, and it, it's hard for me and Bo because, you know, obviously if I'm the DM and Bo is a player, uh, I I can't talk to him about a lot of things I want to include in the game because then it spoils it. And then I can't talk to my wife about it because she just thinks I'm insane. So it's it's that's so awesome that, that you have that same problem, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, no, I, I have to. My son, and this is like, my son gave me, my son's 11, and we I ran a... Uh, campaign with him and his friends. This is his first D&D campaign a little while ago, last year. And uh, I was telling him about um, Icewind Dale, and I don't want, I don't want to get, I, I, I'm so tempted, but I don't want to get, he gave me the best idea. 
the best idea. I'm like, you're a genius. I'm like, this is the greatest idea ever. And I, I'm, I'm just like, I cannot wait. I'm like, I want to run this game with everybody in the world so they can see this idea, but I don't want to give it away because it's the best idea ever. Right. <laughs> it's so good. Oh. That's so awesome. Have you guys seen uh, uh, Baldur's Gate 3? Yes. Oh, dude. That game. That game. Definitely looking forward to that because oh. uh, we were huge fans of uh, Dark Alliance 2 back in the day when that one was out. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's... Oh, my God. Dark Alliance Tuesday. Yeah. I and I... On scene. I, I download... I got the Baldur's Gate 3 where it's at in its current state and yeah. I'm enjoying it, but I'm having a hard time because it's continuously being updated. So I feel like... Every time there's a new update, I might as well start over. So I've played the beginning of the game about seven times, but haven't yeah. gotten very far into it because I want to wait for the full release. Because, uh, but it's an amazing game, and I was a huge fan of of Divinity: Original Sin 2, which it was kind of you yeah. know the engines are very similar. So yeah. But I got I have to say I got a big I got a big problem with it that that ir that irks me. They like the the five e rules are wrong. There, there's a oh, game sure. called Celasta that gets it perfectly. Really? Okay. Celasta, yeah. Celasta is Celasta is not Forgotten Realms, so like they they have their own they have uh, new monsters and it's not any of the Forgotten Realm stuff, but it's all the classes, almost all the races. Nobody, still nobody has Dragonborn. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all dude all. All, all I want to do as a player is roll a Dragonborn Paladin. That's all I want. Um, <laughs> that was my first character, actually. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's the most... It's like, I don't think I've run a campaign without a Dragonborn Paladin. It's that you got to have a Dragonborn Paladin. It's the best. And I remember in, a, you know, Stephen Colbert, who's one of my heroes. And as you probably know, like, he's a huge D&D &D and, and Lord mm -hmm. of the Rings guy. But he hasn't played Lord D&D uh, &D in a long time. He had... Um, uh, Joe, Mont uh, Joe Manganiello came on the show and Manganiello's home, he plays a Dragonborn Paladin, of course. And and he's uh, like, Archon. yeah, Dragonborn. He's like, Dragonborn are great. You get a breath weapon. And, and Colbert hasn't played 5e. So he was like, what, you get a, like right out of the gate, level one, you get a breath weapon. And he's like, yeah. And he's like, that's totally OP. And I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> it really, I mean, it's not, you know, it's, it's, as you pointed out, it's not really, it's not really that big a deal. It's only once per day, but still. Um, but yeah, Dragonborn Paladin, and and then so Celasta is is gorgeous, it, and it's there. The characters are foul mouthed and really interesting. Um, it's not as pretty as Baldur's Gate three, but they get the rules right. And the thing in Baldur's Gate three, they uh, any any character can take hide as a bonus action, right? Which is like, so what? Everybody's a second level rogue. <laughs> what the hell? Right. Uh, so, so yeah, I got, I got, and it's like, guys, that's, you know, you've had several updates, fix that. Sure. That needs fixing. Uh, and I, I am, I'm not, I'm not such a, I'm not such a stickler for rules, but I, you know, we gotta have, we gotta have a baseline. We gotta have, you know, gotta have some rules guys. Exactly. Right. And I, and we think that's, uh, we like to play that way that if if there's a question about you know a questionable rule at the time 
we just kind of roll with it first and we'll yep. look it up later and the exactly. next time we'll deal with it that way but exactly we instead of slowing down gameplay we like to just keep going exactly yeah uh, so just out of curiosity then what uh, i can kind of tie both dnd and uh narrating into this one um ra salvatore books i mean fan not a fan okay i have i started what did i start i started home home the first the first one the one homeland? where he's born homeland i started that and then i was like you know what i wanted to get to the sundering stuff i wanted to read the 5e stuff so i started reading the companions which is you know obviously i'd missed a lot but i know who Wolfgar and brunor and Cadibri. i know you know <laughs> i i know who they are uh and i'm sad that i like i just i know i'll never get i'll never get through all of them i'll never get through all of them i am a huge fan of david gemmel i don't know if you know him at all he is in my opinion, the greatest fantasy writer of all time. Oh, wow. Uh, and by two th when my daughter was born in 2007, I had read the first four books of Game of Thrones four times. Well, no, I'd read the first three four times and the second one twice. Oh, the wow. fourth one twice. Uh, and my daughter was born and my... My wife wouldn't let me call her Arya, but uh, her name is Eleanor Brienne for the okay. Maiden of Darth. Um, and then the show came out, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll do this. And now, oh, boy, am I pissed at that old man for not finishing those books. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, those are, those are the best. Like, um, Christopher Lee read all of the Lord of the Rings books, I think including Silmarillion, every year for 40 years. Oh, and when wow. Peter Jackson made the movies, he called him up and said, you don't understand, I have to be in these films. <laughs> and Peter Jackson was like, oh, no, 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 you don't understand, you're Saruman. <laughs> and he was just like, yes, he was so far, he was so pumped until he found out that the scene, that when they filmed the, the scene at the Tower of Orthanc, where Gandalf snaps his staff on his knee, uh, and uh, and and uh, Mary uh, or Pippin finds the Palantir. Um, uh, that scene got cut out and put in the extended version, and Christopher Lee was like, like mad. He was like, "This is not okay. This is not." And I'm I'm with him. I'm like, yeah, that's the best scene in the whole like, in all the books, practically." You can't put that in the extended version. And he like, hey, started an, an internet campaign. But I am, I was the same way with uh, with Game of Thrones. And I didn't want to watch the show. I didn't want, I was like, oh, okay, no, no. I'm the same that. way. Right, right. And I, so, it's, but you've, have you, have you guys seen, you've seen it all, right? You watch all the shows. I've seen the first two seasons, but I've listened to all the books several, several times. Okay. So have you listened to John Lee? I don't think so. Yeah, he did. He did one while Roy, while Roy was sick or something. I don't know. Does he? I think do he did Feast the... for Crows. Okay. I think he did Feast for Crows. I'm not sure. And then, and I think Detrice did it again. 
I can't yeah, remember. and then but I couldn't listen. I tried listening to um, I the his voice for Davos Seaworth was so fucking wrong. Pardon my French. <laughs> his voice was so wrong. I was like, I was like, this guy. I I think I even wrote to. Well, you know, ridiculous audacity on my part, but I was like, because he he mispronounced. He called her Brian. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that bothers me the whole time too, dude. I couldn't. I was that made me. So I'm like, look, the words are right there. Brian, Brian, you fucking. No, I, I that 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 drove me nuts. That was and that was when I first. I mean, I had been doing audiobooks for a while, and, I, and Audible came out, and I was like, oh, okay. I don't listen to that. Um, but that was a huge disappointment. And apparent, and, and he made uh, he made the little girls sound like old crones. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. And and I, I get it. I get it. They were, he I think he worked with... Um, Martin was a producer on um, Beauty and the Beast, I think. And I think he met Patrice working on that. And, oh, guys, wonderful. Let's have him read all the books. <laughs> um, so what was the uh, narration? And <laughs> I don't even remember anymore what Ryan asked no. Oh, I was I asked about the Arya Salvatore books, uh, just being oh, tying yeah. that in with narration stuff, you know, if uh, so like Arya Salvatore is known for obviously D and D uh, writing, is that have, could have you, you see yourself to... getting on to to someone like that and narrating their books for oh, dude, all D and D books? I would love to. In fact, uh Vic Vic Bevine reads all those, I think, right? Yeah. He he did. I think he did all the Drizzt books. Oh wow. And there's like there's like 20 or more, right? Yes, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, man, I would love... They, Audible gave me a and d series and then took it away at the last minute. I don't know why. Oh, wow. Yeah, this was like... This was like eight years ago. I can't remember what it was. It might have been a Dragonlance. I don't think so. But um, yeah, that was a bummer. And yeah, Vic Bevine's great. Have you listened to the Drizzt books? Uh, the only the only one that I've really listened to is the uh, the compilation book uh the legend sure, of Drist. Yeah, yeah the collections uh the collected stories I've listened to that one a few times huh. and you guys listen to uh what's the the Jim butcher book that every series that everybody loves you know what I'm talking about not off the top of my head Jim butcher um Are those the Dresden Files? Yeah, the Dresden <laughs> Files. Yeah. I can't say we've listened to one of those. I don't think. Oh wow! Because those are, those are, those are like yeah, Monster Hunter books are popular. Not as not as big as the Dresden Files books. Oh, okay. Those are huge, and I did a short story, uh, for for one of those once, and the and the 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 listeners of the people who you know it's uh, James Marsden who does the, uh, all the Dresden File books. And I have never people. They're like, no one but James Marsden should do these books ever. No one <laughs> ever. Who is this Oliver Wyman? Get him out of my book. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's amazing how people 
I'm I'm always you know people love what I do. I'm like really okay yeah thank you that's great and then but even more amazing is people who are like I hate this man is horrible this and and there's you know there's there's one of those for every hundred of the others but sure it it those are the ones that stay with me right those are the ones that make <laughs> yeah. me go although my favorite uh, I don't know what book it was but this 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 woman of color reviewed a book because she she had a little little profile pic i could see what she looked like she reviewed a book that i had done and and all it said was the narrator was really good the black man sounded like a black man i was like thank you (laughs) thank you thank you because i i'm always that's a thing and this is here's a weird thing okay i was talking about my friend jeff woodman He's an amazing actor, wonderful actor, does all kinds of character voices. He recorded the original Life of Pi. I don't know if you know if, if you're familiar with that story, but it's sure. about the main character is an Indian man, Indian boy, I think. And so he read the whole book in his, you know, his Indian accent. And I, you know, I, I cringe doing that because fucking Apu got fired, man. We can't do that anymore. <laughs> We're not allowed. If if the voice if the if the voice originates from a person who is of color, I can't do it. German, knock yourself out. South really? South African white guy, sure, get ahead. South African black guy, nope, can't do that. Oh wow. Uh, I mean, I can and I do, but they, that's that's a thing. There, you know, I'm not. You're not supposed to do people of color if you're not a person of color. Right. And I, 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 I'm sensitive. I understand. Yes. I don't want to mock. I don't ever want to mock anybody, but my German accent is totally ridiculous. So, <laughs> you know, I do the German accent and it's wonderful. I love doing it, but it's, That's pretty they good. all sound like Nazis. It's just the way it is. But it, <laughs> the, 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 it's, I'm, I'm very frustrated by this thing. It's like, really? Like, you know, I can't do an accent. I I can't, and and I, but I have to do African accents for this this book I'm doing right now. Oh, There's wow. an African character, and I'm like, well, I'm going to make him sound like an African person because that is how he sounds. That is what I would do. Um, and 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 it and I I don't you know, again I get it, but I I don't want to offend anybody. Absolutely. I, I don't want to offend anybody. I certainly don't want to 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 appear to be mocking anyone. Um, I, I can do a, a female character. I can do a homosexual character. I can do a a mouse character, but yeah. Can't. And it's it's getting harder and harder these days to not offend someone. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. <laughs> no matter how hard you try, it really and and I I. I am, and I, I don't, I don't wear my politics on my sleeve. But I am. Let me put it this way: I one of the reasons I love D and D is because it's inclusive. Is because sure. there's nobody. Mm-hmm. You can do you. You got a wheelchair. Fine, we'll make a wheelchair for you in the game. You know, you want to be that. You want to express yourself, who you are in this game. Absolutely, we we'll welcome that. You want to use pronouns? This is tell me what pronouns you want to use. I. 100% respect that and I love that. I love being inclusive and welcoming and being not a dick. Sure. <laughs> being cool with people. <laughs> you know, it's a Will Wheaton said this a long time ago and I am with Will Wheaton. Don't be a dick. That's that's 
you know, my words my to thing, live by for well, sure. Here's here's my <laughs> thing, and I, I absolutely don't be a dick. But more more importantly, or just as important, um, know the answer to this question. When somebody says to you, when you're being a dick, and someone says, "What kind of an asshole are you anyway?" Know the answer to that question. Be able to say, "Well, I, actually, I'm this kind of an asshole." And and I and I and I'm this kind of an asshole, and I'm kind of an asshole this way, but I know that, so I do things to mitigate it, and that's the key to being a decent human being: is understanding that everybody's a dick to somebody. Try to mm -hmm. minimize that your dick factor, and then you know, dick factor. <laughs> <laughs> we were doing a we were doing a, a multicast in the studio a couple of years ago, and. Um, and <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Oh, it was one of these, uh, one of these um, people who changed the uh, people who changed the world. There's like an Abraham Lincoln one, and there's like a, 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 a Martin Luther King one. All these, you know, people who great people who have done things, and but sort of like told them sort of like a peanut style, where they're like they have big heads and little bodies, and and they're all and and I was playing a guy I think who was being awful to like. Martin Luther King or something. And the author and the, the director was like, yeah, you could, you could be a little, don't be quite so nice. And I was like, Oh, you want me to turn the dick up. Right. And they were like, and, and it's just become a thing in this, that studio. Like, yeah, turn the dick up, turn the dick up to like six or seven. Definitely more dick. That's great. Um, <laughs> and the, Oh, so here's, you'll appreciate this years ago. I, and I'm 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 kind of known for my Christopher Walken impression because uh, I got I actually got cast in a film when I first moved up to the country. Uh, I got a phone call from this guy saying, uh, "Can I give your number to a producer? He's looking for somebody who does Walken to, to do a voiceover for a movie." I'm like, "Yeah, please." So I get a phone call from, and I'm I'm clearly on a on a speaker phone, and they go, "All right, yeah, let's hear your Walken." And so I start doing my favorite walk-in speech of all time, which is the watch speech from Oh, Pulp Fiction. And he, you know, and I start doing them. Um, this watch, this watch was on your daddy's wrist when he was shot down over Hanoi. You know, if the gooks ever saw the watch, it'd be confiscated, taken away. So he hid it. The one place he knew he could hide something. His ass. Maybe damned. And so I do the whole thing, and they're like, uh, "Can you be in the studio tomorrow at 9.30? I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah, hell yeah, yeah." So I come down. It was a movie called Gods Behaving Badly, and it's about the Greek gods in modern day New York City, and he played Zeus, and half of the movie is him doing off camera voiceover, and I guess then they, you know, when they make a movie, they rewrite the script every couple of weeks. And they need people to come in and redo the lines, but you can't get him to keep coming in to redo the lines all the time. So they brought me in to do the lines. And I think, I think he had lost his shit at this point. I think he'd really, uh, no, I, I you haven't seen him in anything in a long time. And I That's think he's, he's gone off the deep end. And I think when they, cause I saw some of the daily, some of the, the, you know, the, the takes from that they shot with him. And his deliver his line delivery was like that sounds terrible. Like you, like he was just crazy. Everything was over the top and insane. And I and and it 
it was kind of hard to watch, but I did the whole thing. And John Turturro is in the movie, Oliver Platt, uh, all these amazing actors. I actually covered voices for a couple of them too. Um, it premiered in Italy and was never shown again. And I was just like, oh, because I'm pretty sure I ended up in the final cut. You know, I uh, my voice ended up in 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 the final cut, but nobody ever saw it. it oh no! Closed in the box, <laughs> and shut away forever. So anyway, so I've always done the walking thing, and um, years ago I ran into a guy who was telling me he had a friend uh, who was an actor in L.A. who went to a party one night, and um, he was kind of uncomfortable. So he went up to the roof to smoke a joint or something, and uh, and he's he's up on he's up on the roof in this Hollywood party, and there's the the balcony below with all these like a bunch of famous actors, all hanging out, and he's a little nervous, and he realizes as he's sitting there smoking a joint that Christopher Walken is about five feet away from him, looking down at the people in the balcony. So he offers Walken the joint, and Walken doesn't say anything, just takes it from him, sucks half of it down. Gives it back to him. The two of them stand there in stone silence looking at all these people. And uh, finally, out of nowhere, Walken goes, you see that? And he points at Susie Kurtz, wonderful actress, older, very pretty actress. He points at her and he says, he says, that's Susie. He says, later on, I'm going to have my dick in that ass. And the guy's like, uh, Okay. Cool. Uh, <laughs> thanks, I guess. So he tells you know, this guy tells me the story. I'm like, dude, that's a good story. Can I, can I, can I tell people that story? He's like, knock yourself out. So I go to every studio in New York City. I'm telling that story left and right because I love them. Like, see that? That's swoozy. I'm and and so every time I come into a studio, people are like, whenever I come into a studio, all the, the engineers are like, swoozy, wow, <laughs> just become the thing. I tell the story to my friend Jeff Woodman. Jeff, who, you know, had they, by the way, I never finished that story. Jeff did the, the, the Life of Pi. They had somebody mm -hmm. else redo the book. Oh. Because uh -huh. Adam, who is of Indian descent, but doesn't have an accent at all. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but anyway, so, so I tell Jeff this story and Jeff's like, that's hysterical. Do you mind if I tell Swoozie? Because me and my boyfriend are good friends with her. We have dinner with her a couple times a year. I'm like, Bleh. Sure, I guess. Whatever. I get a call from Jeff one day. And he's about to sit down and have dinner with Swoozie Kurtz. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. And he goes, look, you do a much better walking than I do. Can, can you mind if I call you back and, and you can tell her the story? I'm like, serious? She's cool? Like, I can say this to her? And and he's like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And it's Swoosie, not Swoozie. I he. He corrected me. Okay, swoosie. Very good. So I do the story. She calls back. She's like, hi, I heard you have something, a story for me. And I'm out in public on my cell phone. They're like mothers with babies and strollers passing by. So I'm telling the story. I get to the punchline. I'm like, and he says, and later on, I'm at my dick in that ass. Pause. What? <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, my God, what have I done? I just told Swoosey Kurtz this story and made a fool of myself and I repeat myself and she's screaming. 
She's like, that is the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. She's like, oh my <laughs> God, that's hysterical. Hal Holbrook is in the restaurant as it happens. There's another famous actor. He's like, Swoozy, what's going on? They, I get off the phone with them. The story is now being told all around the restaurant. Everyone's going crazy. They love it. Um, I get a thing in the mail from Swoozy's agent. He had taken a picture of walking out of a Vanity Fair magazine and wrote and written Swoozy in a big talk bubble and sent it to her. She sent it to uh, Jeff, who sent it to me. She said, send this to your friend. He did such a good job telling the story. It gets better. So I go to, I'm at my agent's one day for an audition, and there's my friend Randy Perlstein, who's a really funny comedian, great writer, also one of the only other people I know who does a nails the walking. Um, so I tell him the story, and I told him about Jeff and Swoosie, and he's like, that's really funny. I know a similar story. So he knows a guy that was out at a party, a lot of people with a bunch of friends, right? A bunch of younger, not so famous, not famous actors who were all hanging out in the sort of gaggle in one section of the party. And all of a sudden, Christopher Walken comes up to the group and he's like, hey, how you guys doing? Well, listen, you know what's great about being famous? You get the fuck Susie Kurtz in the ass. And they're all like, okay, <laughs> what? thanks for sharing, I guess. And then he wanders away from the group. And Swoozie's, of course, at this party as well. And he's a dancer. I don't know if you know, he's like a, he's like a vaudeville soft shoe kind of like song and dance guy. And so he sweeps her off of her feet and starts dancing around the room with her. And every time he gets himself situated with her in between himself and the group of kids he was just talking to, he just sort of dips her and points at her ass and winks at them. Oh my God. And I'm like, this is the best story ever. I cannot wait to ask Jeff about this. So I go to, I tell Jeff this story. And I'm like, you gotta ask Swoozy if Christopher Walken ever danced with her at a party because this is gold. This is amazing. Sure enough, never happened. <laughs> never happened. It's like uh, alligators in the sewers of New York City. It's an urban myth. Uh, not the, there are, There's another story out there. Um, Kevin... Can't remember his name. The guy from uh, Usual Suspects, another guy who does great walking. Uh, uh, Spacey? No, 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 no. 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 Uh, the guy, the guy in uh, Usual Suspects, the guy who they said uh, when they're interrogating, they're like, "You're gonna be in the big house on Saturday night. What do you think you're gonna be doing then? I don't know. Fucking your father in the shower. That guy. What's his name? Uh, Kevin Meany. No, not Kevin Meany." Uh, Pollack? Is that how you say Kevin it? Pollack, yeah. Pollack? Kevin Pollack. Pollack? Yeah. Yeah. He does a great walk. And I saw him interview this guy. I don't know his name. He was a, like, not well-known comedian. But another guy who does a walk. And, and he did, this like, another version of the Swoozy story. So there is, there's something out there. Forgive me for, and obviously, cut this out if you guys want to keep Oh, no, this. it's staying. Oh, good. But... <laughs> It is, it's one I, and, and it was one of these things like for years, all my friends in the, uh, Sam Regal's probably heard that story 40 times. Um, 
Yeah, no, that's one of my favorite, favorite stories. And, uh, <laughs> and walking to that, that speech, talk about the, uh, the, that's, that's the, the first time I saw Pulp Fiction and, uh, and he gave that speech. I was almost in tears. I was just in awe. I was like, that is my favorite thing ever. That is the, the whole, like the, you know, the whole thing about, uh, the, 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 the wristwatch. If I, you know, people were pocket watches before then. A grandfather, Uriah Coolidge. I just, oh man, I love it. Um, so yeah, that's my favorite story. <laughs> that is an amazing story too. <laughs> yeah. I was, yeah, I was, I was, I'm telling the story. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, you know, I hope these guys aren't like Jehovah's Witnesses or something. Oh, no. Like, oh, no, absolutely I not. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. <coughs> Pardon me. Oh, you're fine. Snake. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What else? What else? You, what else you play, guys? What do you play? You playing in Warcraft? Never, I've never really been big into WoW. I don't think you were, Ryan. Were you? No, I played it a little bit back, kind of when it when it was in its heyday. But I never, yeah. I never could quite get into it like some people, you know, got sucked into it. Yeah, no, I, I, I just, I love RPGs. I love fantasy. I love RPGs, and I almost always play, uh, the same character. I always play a human fighter that disdains magic. That's my, th I don't know where I just, I started <laughs> okay. the character. Uh, I made a character called, this is, this is my favorite RPG story. I made a character called Carnage McBloodfeast. And uh, he's all about, he's just like death and blood and death. That's, that's what he likes, blood and death. Yeah, he's a murder, the first murder hobo. Um, <laughs> so, so, so Carnage, and we had, oh my God, the DM, the most brutal, he would come up with, he would just like come up, he would stay up all night coming up with traps and horrible things. But like, it's a three by three box with a rotating sandpaper, bo sandpaper bottom. And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> um, so uh, we, so the very first campaign, very first session, first, first campaign with this character, walk into a room and there's a, a torch on the wall and next to it, there's a suit of armor with the holding a halberd. I'm like, I take the halberd. I walk up to the suit, take the halberd. He's like, really? Okay. Go ahead. I take, he's like, he rolls behind. He rolls a nat 20. He crits on the first roll for the reaction for the trapped armor. Cuts my right arm off at the elbow. Oh. So I was just like, really? Fine. I take the torch out of the sconce on the wall and I grind it into my stump to cauterize the wound. He's like, you get 100 XP. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fine. When we get back to town, I'm fashioning a fucking arm. I was like, you want to do this? We're gonna do this. <laughs> like he got after the after they got out of the dungeon, I was I was at uh, uh, we didn't have disadvantage wasn't a thing back then, so I was like you know negative two to roll with uh, to to hit with my left hand. But when I got back, I got uh, a clawed arm fashioned. Uh, and and eventually train myself to fight with my left hand. But Carnage, Carnage was in the game for Carnage. Yeah, no, he lasted for a good long while. Carnage so cool. 
I love I love making that's you know that was the most ridiculous name I've ever made for uh, Carnage Blood for Feast. <laughs> Carnage Blood Feast. He's the man. That's great. <laughs> so when you're DMing, do you like? Are you kind of a punishing DM? Are you like like when you like set up no. a puzzle? Do you are you like really strict on like how to solve it, or do you let them kind of get creative? No, I. Uh... I am I my philosophy is this is this is fun this should be chill this should be low stress um uh I've although I I've never like I'm dying to run uh Tomb of Horrors oh really yeah, oh, yeah. I know well, we know what that is <laughs> yeah okay I'm dying to run that and I would run it you know the I mean obviously there's there's traps in there that are just like yeah no they they you switch the your gender thing. they kill you instantly <laughs> they don't like you like there's no there's nothing to res there's you know yeah. there's there's one trap in there that's like yeah no and there's actually what was i just yeah something nice went down i was like holy shit if you fail a dc 10 deck saving throw you're totally dead and on like gone forever that's insane oh, wow. that's insane for like a low you know for like a you know level two quest fuck that um, so you got to you got to you got to watch you got to be careful of these things. Um it's it's amazing to me how I mean the 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 adventures are large. I I would I would much prefer to, to write my own campaigns. Um I just don't have the time. But what I ine- sure. what I inevitably end up doing like with Icewind Dale, it's good it's it's a little broken it's got some things and there's a great uh i want to say eventier games they're a publisher they do uh supplements for uh dm's guild and rpg drive through um drive through rpg uh and and they did like a like a dm bundle for icewind dale which just they went over the whole thing and they're like yeah there's a couple of things that need tweaking and i i'm very grateful for that. I, I always do that myself. I go through the adventure and I'm like, man, this needs a monster here and this doesn't <laughs> this. You know, take what you need, leave the rest. Um, but I um I am I am very careful. You know, I I used to I used to be like, okay, we're we have to make sure that you have enough experience here, so we have to make sure you have enough monsters. Like I, milestone. I got no time to count XP. I'm sorry. <laughs> I really don't. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's, it works much better for the story, but uh, I, oh, and the thing that, that I find hardest really is not letting it, like I had, I had this, this group, they had a, they had a situation where they had to, they had to capture a wormling dragon. Uh and I was like, man, this is going to be tough. Like, this is going to be a tough battle, and it's going to be hard for you to capture this thing. I don't know how this is going to go. One guy with low strength rolled super high, grappled the dragon, and he was a sailor. So he had experience with knots. I was like, yeah, no, if somebody assists you, you can tie it up. And holy crap, you guys did it. <laughs> I can't see any reason not to let this go. Damn. Damn. And you leveled up. Well done. Then, dude, the next week, this guy is one of my favorite players. I am, I am so psyched to play with him. He, he, like, on the most amazing series of intimidation 
and and uh, deception rolls convinced these hobgoblins that he was a vampire lord and totally like freaked them out so badly that he got the lieutenant to turn on the leader and kill him <laughs> and it was just like i was in awe i was like he, i think he rolled a couple of nat 20s and then like just with bonuses he like he did four rolls that were tw over 20 for deception and intimidation and and i was just like yeah forget about it they think you're a vampire lord you you now have you now have two hobgoblins as your lieutenants how cool is that um oh, and that's that's the thing i love about you know it's writing a story with with somebody and people people always surprise me you get good players and like the thing uh uh when i, I ran a game with my with my son and his friends you know a bunch of 10 year olds and one of them was like i have heat metal as a spell can i what is he, is he wearing anything metal? i'm like no he's in leather armor sorry and he's like kept trying i was like you know, you gotta chill with this heat metal. I, I'm sorry, this isn't gonna. And then I read an article the next day on D and D Beyond. It's like this is the most insanely OP spell in the game. If you run, if you have a paladin in full plate mail, you can kill him with this spell. <laughs> you can basically go, yeah, your armor is is heated now, and you take D8 damage every round <laughs> until you get it off, which until is gonna take a round to do. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, so I. I I I am very careful. I don't want to I don't want to kill any of my players. Uh although God knows I got enough I got characters galore. You need another one? <laughs> and that's gotta... that's a hard line to walk cuz you you want to make them feel like they could die at any moment. Yeah. But you don't necessarily want cuz it it's easy as the DM to say, "Oh, well, I've, an adult silver dragon shows up. You guys are only level 2. It kills all of you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> obviously that's a simple thing to do but you, that's not telling a very good story so no. that's awesome and it's what's so cool about it is uh you know if the experience you had running a specific scenario our group could run the same scenario and have a completely different experience which yeah. is what makes it such a unique game yeah yeah it really is it really is and i i stories are important to me Sure. Stories are really important to me. We watched, oh my God, my son, I had never watched Jurassic Park 3. I don't know how that happened. But so my son's like, oh, let's watch Jurassic Park 3. Okay, we'd recently watched the first two. Yeah, this was the, if, 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 if my 11 year old son had written this film, I would have been like, dude, that's terrible. What's wrong with you? That's, <laughs> but dude, you could do better than that. It was the, it was amazing. It was comical it was so bad and i and it was like it's you know sam neil and uh 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 william macy and tia leone all these great actors in this movie i cannot believe the the crap and you know i i do some bad books sometimes i don't want to say who but man i i am the stories are important and and I, I hate when it's a, when it's not a good story, you know, like Pixar movies. They all used to be good stories. Now nah, they're all like, they might as well be a DreamWorks movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's, you know, dude, uh, there was uh, my son is uh, we're uh, there's a new one was a Luca. Uh, Luca. We want to we want to watch Luca. And my dad, my son, my dad, my son is like, uh, 
so which was what was the last Pixar movie that made you cry? And I'm like, uh, the good dinosaur. I don't know, maybe, but it used to be that like even the Incredibles, there's a scene in that. Like I, I cry in movies. I, that's what I do. My kids can't go to like Marvel movies. Forget about it. In uh, Endgame, pff, that was the end of the end of me. <laughs> um, so my, you know, my kids are like the Pixar movies. Forget about it. Uh, all the Pixar up inside out, all mm-hmm. those Pixar, just like, Oh my <laughs> God. And then, uh, the last few, Oh, here's the thing. So the, the Pixar movie that I was more excited about than any since like Incredibles two was, what was it called? The, 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 the fantasy one with, uh, with star Lord. Um, Oh, uh, brave? What is it? Brave? No, no, no. The one with the one with the trolls and the the, the, the there's a oh cube the one that like there's... just came like it's kind of recent, isn't it? it came I can't out what it's called last year, I think. <sighs> What's on a it's uh something about a journey? Uh, onward. Is that what it was called? Onward? onward. Yeah. Yeah. The most unmemorable Pixar film ever. Right. I, that I was just like, I'd forgotten there was a gelatinous cube in it. I was like, oh wow, <laughs> there's a gelatinous cube in that. That should I should love that. I, this should be my favorite a Pixar movie about like fantasy and D and D. That should be my favorite movie. Brr. No, they, I agree. Because I it, I started to watch it with my kids because they're into some of that stuff. They're they're younger, but I found quickly about. 30 minutes in we had all walked away from the tv so really yeah. yeah it just didn't it didn't hold my interest like like you said like a lot of those do because the story was very it got very bland very quickly so yeah, yeah no I, and that's pixar like and i think it's there were they had you know brad bird who made in my opinion some of the best animated features ever iron giant and the incredibles uh and and lassiter you know all those all those the original pixar guys they were the ones that came up with you know monsters inc and wally and toys you know those are the those are the the solid stories and since then soul yeah i guess you know (laughs) reinforcing the whole christian myth Uh, nobody needs that thanks very much (laughs) Um, but yeah um I am hey, I am an ordained minister of the Church of the Subgenius. I I have to look down on Christianity. No, um uh but it, my this reminds me of the first time I ever saw the internet. The first time I ever saw the internet was at a, an art festival called The Organism at the Mustard Factory in Brooklyn, probably 91 or 92. And uh and this is like the the internet was still barely more than what DARPANET was before that. It was just DOS. It, I mean, you know, it was just command line. There was no web. There was no HTML. It was just command line. And uh, I remember just being like, "Holy shit! This is the internet." This and and this guy came up wearing a T-shirt that said, "Christianity is stupid," and <laughs> and it, that guy turned out to be one of my best friends, uh, Bob Berger. 
And Bob was like, yeah, this, this is DARPANET, right? And I'm like, yeah, dude, the internet, check it out. He's like talking to computers like in other states. <laughs> like, wow, that's amazing. Um, and, uh, and that was the birth of an organization called Collective Unconscious, which was where I did uh, manifestations. And uh, we put on a show. Um, my friend Bob, who's a brilliant director and technician, uh, he um, uh, he was in a bookstore with another friend of ours, and they found a book on black box recordings uh, from airplanes, and it was like a book of transcripts of the recordings from the black box black boxes of airplanes that went down. And they were like, these are scripts, you know, they like, they almost have stage directions. Like they, this, we could do this as a play. And so we did. And we ran, we did six different pieces. We built a cockpit with, you know, rudder pedals and, uh, and yaws and throttle and the whole nine yards. I'm a big aviation nut. I love <laughs> flight sims. Um, and, uh, and we did these six pieces that anybody who studies aviation and like people in the Air Force have actually had to study. There's a class. Anyway, we, the, the show ran. We were going to run for three weeks. We ended up running for 13 months. Oh, wow. And uh, pilots came down every weekend, packed the theater because they, they were, they'd all read this stuff. They'd all read it and they'd never and to see it performed. And it's not all, they weren't all fatal crashes. They weren't all situations where they died. It was, I think, half and half almost. But the, the, the situations where there was a problem, it was almost always human error. Even if there was, even if there was some technical issue, like at one point somebody, they taped up the, the, the holes on the outside of the plane, which are how the instruments get the, uh, the altimeter readings. Um, and they hadn't taken the tape off and they didn't figure on this. They were getting the readings they were getting were all wrong. So instead of, they kept looking at their instruments instead of looking out the window, um, and, and they died. Um, but it's, so it's, it's just, an, it's like, it was one of my very favorite things to do. Uh, and, uh, every night there's a, the, we finished the last piece was a 20 minute long piece about, uh, uh, United 232, which crash landed in Sioux City. I can't remember, but it crash landed. They had lost uh, part of the, they lost one of the engines. And that when they lost the engine, something happened and it had actually, like normally without an engine, it's not a problem. You can, you get two, usually three more. You can, you can, you know, you can get their design so that you can get back on three or less uh something happened and the explosion had gutted the auxiliary systems including all the controls so they had no control surfaces and they had to fly the plane by throttle they had to steer by throttling up one engine right so that the the plane would move left they would throttle up <laughs> the right engine uh you know and and uh or you know uh so and 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 that was how they would 
like they didn't have elevators. They didn't have rudder. They had no, no control surfaces. The only way they could control the plane was by throttling up or throttling down. Oh, wow. And, and it was, I was the co-pilot and uh, this guy played Al Haynes. He's a wonderful actor. Uh, and, uh, uh, there was a, a deadheading pilot, a pilot that wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't working. He was a passenger. He came up to help work the throttles. And every night, it was a 20 minute long piece. And like I said, we had, we had the, the rudder pedals and the yaws and everything it built into the cockpit. So we were working these things and scanning the dash as we're doing this. Uh, and every night I would break into the most heinous sweat, <laughs> like sweat pouring off of my face it was a godsend it was great people were <laughs> astonished because i was just dripping sweat and at the end of the piece al haynes says something you can't write fiction you can't write dialogue as as good as dialogue in real life <laughs> they're coming in on this on like they, we've been talking the tire the tower for half an hour we're coming in to land and they're like we've cleared off every one runway the, the, the tower is telling us we've cleared off every runway 262 you are cleared to land on any runway repeat you are cleared to land on any runway emergency vehicles are at the end of every runway you are cleared to land on any runway and al haynes without missing a beat says roger that tower you sure you want to be that particular and make it a runway <laughs> every, night, every night it made me and he said it totally deadpan like that every night it made me genuinely laugh like a banshee <laughs> I would just giggle like an idiot and every, and I would, and I just remember like every night laughing, sweating my ass off and shaking my head and watching the sweat drops fly off my hair. Um, and that was, that was the most fun I've ever had performing. So yeah, the air force came and filmed it as a training video, which they oh, wow. every, every recruit watches that video. Um, it was done. I wasn't in the 3d video, but they made a 3d movie out of it. And then um, there was a West Point, uh, a West Point class, a, a, um, a course on uh, the human machine interface. And it was a requirement for, the, for those students to come and see our show while it was running. So I was very, you know, the fact that the aviation community ate it up, that made me really happy because these are, I've, I love planes. I'm a big World War II nut. I used to play Warbirds online all the time. I love that stuff. But the um, the flying in a commercial airliner is nothing I like to do. I'm not really afraid. <laughs> I just I'm not comfortable. I don't uh -huh. like it. I don't I don't uh -huh. want to do it. I'm much more comfortable now that I know more about the aviation industry and the men and women who uh, who keep us safe out there because it's they're you know they, these are people. You know, there's there's bad bad eggs in every in every group, but the people, the men and women of the aviation community, my hats off to them. They're good people. They do good work. Well, that's good to know because I don't enjoy flying commercially right? either. So, <laughs> yeah, no. it's horrible. And I always like I always want to tell people when I'm when I'm on a plane, and I was like, hey, you know, you ever hear of United Two Sixty Two? Freak them out. Played that guy. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> I, that's that is I'm I, I miss performing in front of people I gotta tell you because that was that's the most fun that is the most fun that's yeah and that's uh 
so that's so interesting since you like you said you know it's it's almost difficult for you wanting to perform in front of people yet you're just basically performing for yourself when you do these audiobooks so that's yeah. it's very interesting to hear that side of it i guess that's something i never even had really considered so it is and honestly i think it's there is a there's you performing for people you get a you get a you get a rush from it you know you get you're fed by it it's 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 you really you you know you feed on the energy of an audience and you have to really be like to, to me an entertainer is only as much fun to watch as they as as they are having if you're if an entertainer isn't enjoying the hell out of themselves you don't want to watch that right you don't want to watch somebody who's not enjoying what they do so it, it, I'm I'm very lucky that I get to do or that I get to do things that I enjoy doing or I'm able to I think find things that I enjoy in books that I don't um I I will freely admit there are books out there that I make fun of because <laughs> I'm like that's the only way I'm going to get through this and have any fun is by mocking the shit out of this because this is dumb and uh, oh boy uh. and you know <laughs> So so hey, take a listen to the take a listen to some of my audiobooks and see if you can tell which ones I really didn't like. Um because <laughs> there there are some out there. There are there I had to I had to uh I had to start vetting them. Cause like I said, I don't wear my politics on my sleeve, but there are certain things I don't want to I'm not gonna say. I had to right. read uh and again, no, I'm your politics or whatever, but uh, I had to read Ronald Reagan's speeches for uh, Penguin Random House last year. And here's the thing, Ronald Reagan, not a terribly smart guy. <laughs> I'm just saying, not a real smart guy. And you could tell because all of the speeches, when he was reading the speech, he spoke very eloquently and said some things that I found abhorrent. But, you know, he spoke well. When he was speaking off the cuff, he couldn't put a sentence together. <laughs> and that's, that's just, you know, some actors aren't smart. But anyway, uh, I, I, you know, I, I had, to, I, I was at a point where I was like, I have to take this book. Normally, if I had other work, I would have said, you yeah, know, I'm not, not going to do this. But it's, and at the same time, uh, one of the, one of the speeches he read was uh, at the Bergen, the site of the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp, which was the oh. first camp that was found in World War II, obviously. Um, and they didn't know when they got there. They didn't know what, what was going on. They didn't know why those people were there. They had no idea about the camps and about the fact that they were imprisoning people because of their race. Uh, and amazingly, uh, one of the officers who was in charge of that, of that, uh, of that unit uh, was my wife's grandfather. Wow. And Whoa. his, uh, he wrote a very, uh, a piece which is actually in the Smithsonian Institution uh, from his, his journal, because uh, they were, they didn't know, they didn't understand, and they were horrified, and they immediately tried to get supplies in for these people. Uh, and as trucks came in, they started opening boxes, and someone opened a box, and it was full of lipstick. <laughs> and someone goes, what? They got, like, fear. They're like, who's... Who's the idiot that sent these? Who's the idiot that sent the goddamn the lipstick? Put that back on the truck. 
And someone, I don't know if it was my wife's grandfather, but someone said, no, distribute it amongst the people, give it to them. And as he pointed out in his journal, it was an incredible thing. It, it was, it was a way of giving them back their humanity. These people who had not considered their appearance, you know, for so long, who'd lived through, through literal hell. And he said he would, he want, he went through the camp and he would see these people emaciated, walking corpses with bright red lips. And they were laughing and enjoying themselves. And they were, they were paying attention to their, to their appearance, to something as simple and as shallow as, as how they look. And he said, in, in, at one point he saw a corpse on a table in the medical lab with, with bright red lips. And it was just, it's, it's the most chilling and unbelievable piece. And, and there's a, a British graffiti artist called Banksy. I don't know if you know who he is. Banksy did a piece where he took a, a section from that from that journal and took a, a, an, a black and white photograph of, of concentration camp victims and he painted their lips red. Uh, and it's, it's a stunning. So anyway, so Reagan does this speech at the site of the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. And because it is, you know, because I'm, I'm so familiar with that story and because that is the greatest horror that has been perhaps some of the greatest horror that has been, that human beings have been subjected to in the, in the history of our, of our race of our species, I was incredibly moved by that. And I wept as I read it. And I was, I rarely work with a director, but I happen to be working with a guy, um, Rick Harris, who is, he is one of the people that kind of created this industry. He was with Cadman at Harper Audio, recording like Dylan Thomas and Boris Karloff in the 60s and 70s. One of the people who, like I said, is the founder of this industry. And he was directing me and I was like, you want me to keep going? He's like, go for it. And I just, I read it, tears streaming down my face, gasping for breath, fully, you know, no acting. There's no acting there. I read those words and I meant them. And I said, he, that speech he gave at that site was, man, most, a lot of things he said, yeah, man, he talked about things that I was disgusted to have to say. But he, the, 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 the feelings and the, the words, the meaning that, that came across in that speech, I was only too happy to, uh, to let that out and, uh, and share that. Wow. So if you want, if you want to bum out, listen to that. That's a good one. <laughs> mm. Definitely have to check that out. Um, so Oliver, I think we're pushing up against that time frame you had. Are you? Uh... I, yeah, I think I got to go. My wife is British, so uh, I have to go cook for my children. Otherwise, ch child services will come after me. <laughs> yeah. She was, she's like, it's not true. It's not true that we're all bad. Uh, yeah, no, you boil things and you eat kidney stew. So don't be. Sorry. Oh, uh, you guys, I am. I I. I'm only just getting over the feeling guilty about talking too much when people ask me to come and talk too much. But this uh, was thank you great. This was great. 
Yes, definitely. No, I mean, we are the ones we, we appreciate it so much that you would come on our little tiny show and talk to us. We, we really appreciate it. Dude, again, it's like, I, I am, I'm so grateful for your attention and for your appreciation and, uh, uh, for your, for your, uh, shall we say virtual applause. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it means, it means, it means a lot, man. I, I am, I, what I really want to do now, I'm like, I want to be a Twitch guy. I want to be, I want to be a streamer. I want to be on YouTube. And I'm thinking <laughs> I should, I should just do that. I should just turn on the camera and start talking to somebody at lunch. Right. Why not? And, I, uh, it's kind of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I'll right. be one of them. I'll, I'll watch you. I, I mean, would you watch that. <laughs> so. All right. That's Well, I tell, I will tell you this Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday is uh, Dark Alliance. You don't have any events on your calendar. Oh, shut up, you dumb guy. <laughs> um, I look at my watch and she started talking. I, I On Tuesday, the, uh, Dark Alliance comes out. I am downloading that. And uh, as soon as I'm done recording, uh, and probably before that, I'm going to start streaming. So look for awesome. me on Twitch. Mr. Coffee on Twitch. K-A-W-F-Y. Okay. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah yeah and and yeah because you know that's like i said this is what i want to do play video games for a living on the internet yes please where do i sign <laughs> yeah that's what absolutely you know i as i uh, my wife is like that's not a thing you can't do that i'm like no no sweet that's a thing that's a thing and you basically have to be either really good at video games which i'm not but i and i'm you know passing passing fair or you have to be funny which i think i can be or you have to have big boobs and i'm not gonna get an operation so you know i'll work on number two um <laughs> but someday i'll marry amaranth um <laughs> did i say that i didn't say that um yeah no i just this is the fact that there are that there are like stupidly beautiful women in bikinis in hot tubs playing mario kart and and they are this is their job um, it says there's something very wrong or very right about that. I'm not sure which. One. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I have betrayed so much about myself today. Oh wait, wait. Okay, before I go, because this yeah. is the best. This is the best. Okay. Do you guys know about um, what the hell is his name? David Weber, the David Weber series that I did. Mm -mm. There's this David Weber series. There's like ten books, and they're like each. 800 pages long crazy long story short <clears throat> i i uh, i hated doing these books because they just went on and, on and they never went anywhere and i again stories are important to me but this story never went anywhere and even the like the user reviews people were like for christ's sake this story isn't going anywhere just finish it will you we there was I'm 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 at page like 650 of book nine, and these two guys are having a conversation on the deck of a ship, and one and for some reason like he turned to the other and looked at him, and I don't know why they like there was no reason for him to turn, there was no seeming reason. So to entertain myself for the first time and last time, I improvised a line, and I said he turned to him and 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 looked him in the eye then they kissed and da, 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 and i went on um <laughs> so so i wrote to the to the editors whom i knew i wrote to the editor because i said when i record a book i send it to people to do the 
quality control and the editing and they clean it up. And I wrote to them and I said, you know, I, I forgot to take this out, but there's a little something on this page. You should mark this because you want to, you want to take that out. It's, I was, I was just being a jerk. So sorry, you know, forgive me. Just entertaining myself. They marked it twice on the edit. It didn't get taken out. Oh, wow. <laughs> it made it. Wait, wait, wait. It gets better. And this was, this was, they were still doing stuff on CD. So not only it went to the MP3, which is easy enough to take it out of, but it also went on the CD, which was printed many, many thousands of times. And I want to get that CD. But the, so David Weber was like, if I want, like David Weber wrote a letter to the publisher who sent it to the editor who sent it to me. And the editor was, the, the letter was like, tell Mr. Wyman that if I wanted to put homosexual characters into my book, I would have done it myself. I don't want him to. And I was like, I, and, and, and he was like, I really don't understand why he would do a thing like this. And I'm like, first of all, I didn't certainly didn't mean for it to end up in the thing. I was just tired of reading your words because they never end. And, 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 um, it's on the editor. Really? That's who it's on. But he like, he was like, I'll, I don't want him reading my books anymore. I remember. So I was like, all right, fine. I, <laughs> I like, don't want to. Finally. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm done. Oh um, man. And they, they brought in my friend, Jonathan Davis, who's a fine narrator guys, you know, been working. He's got tons of experience. He's also like, he's one of these guys. Sort of, he's got one of these gravelly sort of voices, which people love. So, you know, yeah, Jonathan's great. They, they, they gave him because it's a made up world with crazy made up names and insane accents that I made up for everybody. He did everything wrong, according to the listeners. And that he got notes from the publisher that it included a way to pronounce the word Terran, which apparently they told him to pronounce as Tehran. And you have never seen, I feel so bad for Jonathan because they lambasted him. They destroyed him. And if you look at the reviews for book 10 of this series, they're all like, why did you fire Oliver Wyman? Where is Oliver Wyman? Oh, How man. And, and part of me is kind of like, oh, I like that, but I feel so bad for Jonathan Davis. There's a, if you go on David Weber's forum, there's a whole thing. And somebody contacted me on Twitter years ago. They're like, you should get in on this. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't want, I'm sorry. I'm not going to get, because I won't be able to tell, to not tell David Weber that his book sucks. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, oh. I honestly, I have to be honest with people. And if you said to me, what do you think of those books? I'm like, that book sucks. <laughs> that book was crap. That book was about something. And then you went off and, and it was about something else. And you never got back to the first thing that you started in the first book. Oh, wow. Ten books later, this book's, oh, man, made me. And so, yeah. So that's that's my other. I betrayed all of my secrets. <laughs> all of my secrets. Those are all the bad things. Is that a bad thing? I don't no, know. All the, those are all the bad things I've done. Pretty so it's not so bad. I'm, I'm actually a pretty good guy. This basically chaotic good, basically. For sure. <laughs> well, we greatly appreciate it again. Like we said, you know, we, uh, yeah, this is, I mean, this is by far the, the crowning moment of our podcast. So oh, I, and I, I want to thank you guys. Uh, thank you for letting me go off. Uh, and my apologies to the listeners. 
this is what it's like being a person with ADD who uh, <laughs> who is insecure and doesn't uh, have any enough people appreciate his work. So uh, my my extraordinary my profound gratitude to you guys for for your appreciation and for doing this um, and for you know taking to the streets with pitchforks and torches to demand more money for <laughs> definitely. I yeah. know you're going to do it right away. Absolutely. Uh, I'm already writing a sign. <laughs> and like I said, come Tuesday, Tuesday, January 22nd, January, June, even let's go with June, June. Yeah. Tuesday, June 22nd, dark Alliance. I'm going Wolfgar. Right on. I'll definitely oh, yeah. see you there. I just went over. We're, we're, uh, we're following you on Twitch already. So we'll, we'll probably be there. I haven't, I haven't streamed in a while, but, um, once I'm done with D and D, I, I still got to get my players to sign on for streaming this stuff. That's what I really want to do. I was curious, yeah, why you hadn't done that yet. If that's yeah, if they sign off on that, there you go. There's your, oh, there's yeah. your in. Yeah, I got some, I got some, uh, some new players today. But once I, once they're acclimated, I think uh, you'll be seeing Icewind Dale on on Twitch. Oh, awesome! That'd be so cool. All right, you guys rock. I'm gonna run. I got to go feed my kids. Thank you so much. I look forward to, uh, I'm going to, I will do, I'm, I'm on Instagram, so I'll, I'll spread it around there and, uh, and yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. We would greatly appreciate that. And again, we just, we appreciate your time. So thank you very much. Yeah. Thank Anytime, you so much, guys. Oliver. Thank you. I'll talk to you guys again. Yeah, be well. See ya. Well, so the episode's still going. Not yeah, done it's, yet. It's still on. Now now you just get us two clowns. Holy cow. Oh my uh, gosh. Dude, that just I happened. I was talking because I was just like in stunned silence, most just listening to him. No, dude, that, that just happened. Are you kidding me? My cheeks hurt because all I could do I was smile the whole time. Are you kidding me? I And he's such a cool guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I can't believe that just uh, that happened. You're, when he did the Frank's voice, not kidding, chills down I my know. spine. I know. <laughs> that was so cool. Oh, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, I mean, that one was all Oliver, basically. Probably our best episode by far. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For sure. Um, no, that was incredible. So, uh, yeah, anybody who listened to this one, we, we thank you so much. Please, uh, you know. Leave some reviews. Go check out our other stuff. We would greatly appreciate that, too. But we can't say thank you enough to Oliver for agreeing to be on this little tiny podcast we have. So Yeah, I still can't believe it just happened. Yeah. And I mean, that was that was an incredible experience for more reasons than one, because that gave us a ton of insight into what these uh, narrators actually kind of go through. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know. I'm sure like like he even said, you know, people think these people are like rolling in dough because they they they've uh, recorded so many books. But from what it sounds like, it's a ton of freaking work. It's a lot of skin off of their back. And it's actually not as lavish as you would think. So it gives me even more appreciation for these people who bring these stories to life for, you know, for us, for our yeah. entertainment. So and it's so impressive to me that he doesn't read it beforehand. Like, what? How is that even possible? Yeah, that is crazy. And that what? also that also lends to uh, we didn't fully get to ask him this, but he ended up 
in a roundabout way answering it that there are books he reads that he does not like i know i so, was gonna ask him that but he basically laid it out in front of us yeah no and that's that's awesome i mean that's it's it's not awesome that he has to do that but it is it's good to know that's a thing i mean these i'm sure everybody thinks he has the dream job you know but there's ups and downs with everything like that so that's so awesome to hear right from him that's so cool oh maybe we should wrap this up so i go take a nap yeah we're gonna have to wrap this up i got a few things i need to try to get done today so but again we ah, this is all i've been looking forward to for like over a week and now that it finally happened i'm just still in shock <laughs> so yeah oh so what's coming up next ryan let's see what would the next book be that would be the martian chronicles is that what's next mm -hmm. we still need to wrap up samurai champloo yes we do need to do that we still need to do our final episode of that and then but the next book will be the martian chronicles so yeah so again yeah. huge thank you to everyone listening we really appreciate it can't say thank you enough to oliver wyman for coming on our show that was incredible um yeah so you got anything yeah. else for this one no just please if anybody has any ideas for like the next anime series they want us to do or any book recommendations please email us at kotpl.pod at gmail.com just send us anything we would really appreciate it we know it works because oliver got a hold of us so right you yes. guys can too <laughs> yeah for sure and thank you guys and we hope to catch you in the next one <laughs>